0: Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative. And it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, and John of US. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. Where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read but to listen to our previous shows you can also call us 720-6-NERDS-5 thanks for listening and enjoy the show hi this is brian no that's this is my announcer voice and you're listening to real nerds podcast should i do this as my real self oh shucky darn hi this is brian cummings you're listening to real nerds podcast okay do it straight hi this is brian cummings and actually you are listening to real nerds podcast send money And real estate.
1: Welcome to another Real Nerds podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Real Nerds podcast live from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. I'm joined by a uh, fairly loony guy named Keith Tucker.
2: Fairly loony,
1: Keith. Tell me what you do. Because what do I, think I, think I do? awesome.
2: Oh, I sit in chairs and. Draw pictures. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I stand. Um, But I've got, uh, in little boxes, you know, basically I'm a storyboard guy. And uh, there'd be like three panels on a page. So I'd be drawing in those little three panels. Um, Sorry, I'm being silly. I worked on a few things that uh, people might have heard about. Um, uh, This little show called Animaniacs. Animaniacs. And... uh, Pinky and the Brain. Yep. Um, Tiny Toons. Um,
1: I saw some Gem and the Holograms in there, too. Gem
2: and the Holograms, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, gosh. Let's see. Uh, uh, let's go backwards in the Wayback Machine. Uh, first stuff I worked on was the first Conan movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And
1: what did you do and- on it specifically? Like, I mean, storyboard artists like, did you, like...
2: Well, actually, I wasn't a board artist at that time.
1: Okay, so I was
2: an effects animator. Really, doing old school two D pencil and ink, hand drawn, animated effects like the uh, demon sequence in the first Conan movie. Yeah, and we would uh, we drew we animated out the characters, and uh, we made like three cells, and uh, with black just black, and they were sandwiched between plexiglass and with a light below them. Right. So it'd be the outline, there'd be the details, and then I talked them into letting me add muscle tones and everything, so it'd be like Frank Frazetta, and um, and they, they just said, can you do it in time? And and uh, stupidly, they believed me, and, and but I... <laughs> Turns out I did, and, and, and it worked. Um, and, but it was bottom-lit, and when we shot it, they had Vaseline on the lens. And, you uh, know. and after that, worked on the second Star Trek film, The Wrath of Khan. Nice. Doing a base animation for the transporter scenes and uh, a couple of laser blasts on the Reliant. Um, I helped kill Spock, I pitched in oh,
1: you bastard
2: <laughs> uh, animated the last two warp effects in the film after the Genesis bomb exploded, really, and I animated them by hand, and even when I, I said to him, I said, You know a computer could do this easier yeah he says yeah, but you 're cheaper than a computer
1: but the, and there 's a handcraft quality to it like you 're yeah. talking when you 're talking Conan and Star Trek two like i was, I've been rewatching trek lately, yeah and like so, and I went through Khan again, like you do, and one of the things I like is like it's a tactile feel to that world, yeah it's something you don 't get like even even with the two d animation and the stuff that goes on with it, like when you're phaser blast or transporter animation like there's something that feels much more real about it than when I like I like the Abrams movies, but i don't like the transporter effect that much because it kind of seems a little too it's not unique enough to me. Yeah. And so like stuff like what you do kind of like helps add that character depth to it. Well,
2: we were trying some different, um, effects. I was working for Peter Coran's, uh, for his visual concepts engineering company. So they got the blanket credit. Um, and we tried a few different, um, transporters. And I also worked on John Carpenter's, the thing yeah. and, uh, animated the rocket trail on the opening sequence and helped with the practical effects when the letters appeared. Uh, I held a match, you know. That, um. So that and
1: that's and <laughs> yeah, and that's the one where like everything kind of. For those who don't know, if you've never seen John Carpenter's The Thing, there's this wonderful, there's this it's the one of the most wonderful title sequences where the the screen kind of just flashes out and it just starts appearing as John Carpenter's or just The Thing. Yeah. And it kind of and it was done by. If I recall correctly, they had to you you lit you lit something underneath it to kind of like only make those letters just appear within it, and then
2: yeah, well, basically the letters were uh, outlined in uh, black; they were clear, yeah, and everything else around it was black, and it was on a fish tank filled with fog, a fog machine, yeah, and on one side you had a, a big powerful light, and then in front of the letters hung on two mic stands was this black flammable paper mm-hmm. that Peter Coran held one match and I held the other match on you know on the G and he was on the, the T and we lit it on fire and as it burned the light came through, yeah, yeah, it pushes and, through. The, and it was filmed that way
1: yeah. did did you have to time that specifically in order to get that effect done correctly like Cause like it seems like it's something to me that you would have to like get done like the first time. Well, the
2: camera's rolling while the matches are being lit. Right on. And we had that's why two of us had to light them on each end. If you look real closely on each side, you'll see this little hands with the long stick match, <laughs> and one of those hands were me.
1: Oh my gosh! I've got the 4K at home. So now I'm going to have to go back <laughs> and look at that.
2: Um, you can't see it when you freeze the frames as easily as you can see it if you run it in slow.
1: Just so, so kind of like stop it down like a few speeds? And just yeah, kind of
2: or run it a little slow. So, but, uh, but then after that, we, uh, Peter was trying to get the movie The Right Stuff, and he didn't get it. So we all got laid off, you know. And, <laughs> oh. and I uh, went over to Filmation, and they had an apprentice program. To learn storyboards, so um, so I was paid to learn storyboards uh, while working on He Man.
1: Right on. And so, so when storyboard artists like, I, I, for our listeners, I would, can you explain kind of why a storyboard artist is important to the process? Because they, to me, are some of the like most unsung heroes of this business. Because you you set a lot of the pace and the tone for what's going to happen for coming well, forward.
2: Yeah, and live action, it's. Less important, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, you could shoot whatever and move, you know, it, you spend a lot of money with, You know, playing some, around. Some guy w-
1: named Hitchcock thought it was very important.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Spielberg. Yep, Spielberg, You too. know, the good people know. In um, animation, uh, I'm sorry, you don't just give a script to an animator and say, draw. Yeah. First off, there are a lot of scenes... And somebody has to decide what the, how many scenes, what what happens in those scenes, what the rhythm of cutting is, uh, what the staging, what uh, you know, long, wide shot, uh, medium, your two shots, close-ups, you know, are you ready for your close-up. So,
1: so does a does a typical animated like thirty minute animated show like say Animaniacs. When you're, um, or, yeah. or, actually, you know what, let's see He-Man, actually. He-Man's a good example. Like, when you're just having to set out and do that, like, how long does it generally take a storyboard to be punched out, like, efficiently for each individual episode?
2: Well, back then, I think we had, like, two weeks to do an act. I, I and ha- An act was, gen- sorry about that, cough, people. Um, the uh, There were three board guys on a show, and you'd have act one, two, and three. And that's seven and a half minutes each, which adds up to a 22-minute animation. The rest is all fun commercials.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you kind of limit it down to that. Yeah. So um, what are the challenges that kind of come with that job? Um, Whenever I see a documentary about animation, it always kind of feels like... You sit in front of the board and what do it, but there's got to be challenges that come like from every different angle about like, well, we changed this in the script, so we don't want that anymore, so this is no longer relevant, or suddenly like we need you to story about a storyboard a whole new thing because we have to change the change the thing completely.
2: Yeah, there would be rewrites, and we'd we'd have very colorful script pages because every uh, rewrite would be a different color. So you would, um, you know, you'd be like. Argh! <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, good, I haven't gotten to that part yet. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's real important. The the importance of the script and the difficulty that you're referring to is you have to determine what is the story point to, to get across to the audience. And uh, plus you have your personalities, you have your characters, and you tend to want to have what we called... A glamour shot, you know, like when I was working on Transformers Generation One. <laughs> y- you would have like this big heroic pose of, uh, you know, Optimus or somebody or the bad guys, you know. and um,
1: So it kind of established the tone of what that particular story would tell in that given shot or in that given That scene. sequence. It's yeah.
2: Generally, you're, you're dealing with uh, a collection of sequences. hmm
1: so, so within that, do you, like, I, I don't know how it worked back, in the, back at that filmation era or even going forward, like up until about the computer era, were you just kind of, like, plastering them on the board or were you kind of, like, photographing them and kind of presenting it as a film, like to try to give people an idea of what's going on?
2: Well, I worked in TV. TV. So not features. Features right. are the, where you have more time right. and you pin it on the board. Uh, and I've been in some feature situations where, yeah, we pin it up on the board and talk about it and go back and work out some new drawings and and then go back and work on the board. In TV, you're giving your script. You have two weeks. You know. So, it's,
1: so it's a lot more high paced and a little bit more like fast yeah. going. Yeah. Um, what are the. What's the most challenging, like, in, in your storied career, what is the most challenging aspect? Like, like, was there a moment where, like, somebody kind of, like, you know, gave you something to do that was, like, not, like, within the realm of possibility or just just in general, like, what was, like, the more ch- difficult aspect of the job?
2: Uh, I don't know. It was always fun. I just rolled with the punches. I was able to read the script and visualize what would happen in my head uh, a lot of times i was given leeway to do whatever i wanted uh case in example i did the uh drew the storyboards for the second season of gi joe mm-hmm. and three of us that were on the crew were asked to come up with titles and we were left to our own devices and when all was said and done they went with mine and i was like woohoo <laughs>
1: Um, you get a writing credit for that one?
2: <laughs> no, no, it's, it's storyboard.
1: It's just, yeah, no, it's just, yeah. Just
2: and, and I, it was set to the music. So I'm listening to the music and planning out each sequence and writing how many letter, how many words add up before I cut to the next one. Nice. Sequence. And eventually, you know, Doug Ray, America, you know, Flint yells, Yo, Joe! <laughs> and he points, and then you cut, and... You, you, you break it up in, based on what scenes you want to have represented. Another case where I was left to my own devices was our Earthworm Jim, and when I, you know, they first I would ask all these questions. Hey, can I change this? Can I change this? Hey, this would be funnier. And finally, after a couple episodes of them like approving everything, you know what, Keith? Here's the script it's all yours you don't have to ask us to change anything we trust and like what you're doing Aww. so have fun
1: <laughs> so what was the funnest show or the, the funnest is not a word what was the most fun Funst. show? To, you know what i'm gonna make it a word fun fun silly willy what was the most enjoyable show to work on in the in the time that you've been doing this because um, you've you've gone through the, we've gone through the gamut of like animaniacs earthworm gym um it it, it there's got to be one that was there one that stood out, or were they all just like a fun blast to work on?
2: They were all a fun blast to work on. I mean, when I was at Disney on DuckTales, Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, uh, hoo, 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 <laughs> I had a blast. Uh, oh, and then Space Monkeys, that was one. Space uh, Monkeys,
1: which one's that one?
2: Oh, you must look them up. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, the guy who was on Babylon Five that played Garibaldi mm-hmm. was the lead actor he 's no longer with us, but he was the lead voice uh, a character in space monkeys and huh. um, a friend of mine produced it in his own studio and um, but no I, I you know they're all that I loved when I was working on spider man or x men or g i Joe or Transformers um Probably the highlight of my career is Pinky and the Brain and Animaniacs in that order.
1: I mean, that's its more than I've ever accomplished in my life. Like, but I've I maybe mean, like. But what I was gonna say is, is like I'm old. Yeah, but it's but it's not over for you. You've still got stuff going on, I'm sure. Yeah, or at least they keep going. I'm not you, dead yet. What do you? Not, he's not dead. No, no. <laughs> or I could go Obi Wan Kenobi with it. No, he's not dead. No, not yet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I um, was thinking Monty Python.
1: <laughs> what do you um, What do you have like coming up currently, or um, in the future? Like, what what keeps you keep, keeps you going to within this industry?
2: Uh, I'm doing a lot of personal work. Um, I'm you know I'm retired. Okay. You know, I'm in my mid sixties and um I you know, i just like doing what I wanna do. Right on and uh, which is what I like doing when I was in when people let me loose. Kind of- so it's uh, I, I'm working on some projects I can't discuss, but you know, I, I've done some small commercials, people have asked me to do stuff and you know. so,
1: you, so you keep it going all these years later too. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's that's all that anybody can ask for is to have, keep that thing going and never stop.
2: They'll probably find me at the drawing board. You know. <laughs>
1: well, uh, Keith, before you go, um, people could find I'm out. i not on, dead yet. <laughs> people could find out more about you on your website, Keith Tucker uh, or
2: TuckerTunes dot com. Yeah, yes, t-,
1: t O O N S. Yeah,
2: not tunes like you would sing. <laughs> tunes like you would draw.
1: Yeah, and uh, they can find more information about you and go check out his work. Like if you could find Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, Earthworm Jim, any of that stuff, it's worth watching. And he's a big contributor to it. Keith, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with us. Sweetly, yeah. this has been Real Nerds Podcast Live from Denver Pop Culture Con. Talking to Keith Tucker, we're signing off
2: signing off
1: this has been another real nerds podcast interview from denver pop culture con 2019 see you next year
0: thank you for listening to this episode of real nerds podcast